Hello and welcome to DJ Force Turning Conversation podcast episode 146. My special guests today are members of BPMD. Um, they are a, a sort of, um, I guess, quote unquote, super group that have formed and they're releasing a new album called American Made and it's a covers album. So it's all the sort of, um, it's covers of sort of classic rock and funk and, and blues. Um, they've got a couple of tracks out right now you can listen to. They cover Aerosmith and Toys in the Attic um, and Cactus with Evil. So uh, go go check those out. Great tracks for the whole album. It's out on the 12th of June. It's on Napalm Records. It's going to be fantastic. If you want something for sort of barbecue weather and you want something rocking, I rec- highly recommend getting this album or at least having it on your playlist um, rotating. But I get to speak to Bobby Blitz, who is the vocalist also of Overkill and uh, Mark Mengi as well. Um, he's um, one of the um, guitarists and or bassists, I should say, and he was form- or he is of Metal Allegiance. Uh, they're also made up from, with uh, Mike Portnoy, uh, as you know, drummer extraordinaire, uh, and Phil Demmel, another like, hell of a guitarist, uh, formerly of Machine Head. Um, but yeah, they, they kind of make up this super group and they recorded this album. Uh, you'll find out more about it in the interview, but it's a good fun album, basically. I'm just going to recommend that highly right now. Uh, as for any other business, uh, we're looking at uh, sort of just saying shout out to everyone from last week. Anyone that sort of saw me put up one about Steve Hackett podcast, um, I had to temporarily take that down. Uh, apparently, there was an embargo on the... Um, on the interview even though i conducted it a couple of months ago uh but i wasn't made aware of it until it went up so i took it down um so if you did manage to get it before that happened well done if not it will be back don't worry uh it's not completely gone i just have to wait until that date passes and then i can release it again so i will do that so if there's a gap in your library that's why uh so it's no biggie um but yeah no i've got a great week of podcasts coming up for you guys as well i'm really excited um and just like all these interviews i'm getting at the moment uh we're going to end things off with a great uh dj feature as well on the friday uh last week's one with jesse cage went down really well and also the tetrarch one went down really well as well uh a lot of people checking them out and really digging their sound so well done you guys for doing that really appreciate that um and let me know as well it's been absolutely fantastic so yeah awesome um but yeah the dj features are going on really well got some great um interviews uh kind of lined up i just got one last minute one yesterday literally just kind of happened kind of on the spur of the moment and i landed one of the sort of like one of my top djs that i wanted to speak to so um you'll find out about those in future episodes Uh, but if you follow me on social media you'll know who that is so um yeah um but i want to keep anyone that just sort of keeping their sort of like you know their interactions with just this um it's going to be a surprise on that front but if anyone knows my djing they'll know this person's a big deal part of it so um yeah no it was just awesome awesome stuff and i'm loving it loving it uh but apart from that um i think we're all good uh weekend's been all right um i hope yours has been good too uh looks like things are kind of going back to a new normal if that's how you want to describe it um I don't want to throw my sort of opinions all over it, but I'm not sure whether we're ready or not. Um, But, you know, time will tell. Time will tell. And, you know, life does have to go on, unfortunately. Um, Unfortunately. Fortunately. Um, But, yeah, I don't know how that's going to be. We're going to find out, you know. Um, I guess that's the sort of nature of the beast at this time and moment. But I'm not going to dwell on that. I'm going to leave you in the capable hands of Bobby and Mike and myself um as you enjoy this interview
Joe? I think it's a bad connection in New Jersey. You should hang up on him. Oh. I, can't, I can't hear you. <laughs> Speak up. <laughs> Get that cock out of your mouth. <laughs> uh, welcome to the Blitz and Mengi show. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> it's nice to well, be here. Barnaby, call, Barnaby called me about an hour ago when I was having an argument. I hope I didn't fucking put you in. I was like, oh, fuck. I was like, <laughs> and I hit the thing and I'm like, oh, fuck. And I tried. To really <laughs> no, no, I didn't get you. Did you, you hear me? Or no. Did you hear me? He didn't, he didn't, you didn't hear the profanity? Good. No, no, I heard nothing. No, it's all good. Good. It's all good. Um, yeah, first off, thank you for doing this, guys. I do appreciate it. Um, I know there's a little bit of confusion earlier, like I said, but um, that's all, you know, where else am I going to go? You know what I mean? So, uh... <laughs> Mark, Mark, well, has made sa- Mark made sandwiches for all of us. We have sandwiches and pints, so help yourself. Oh, fantastic. I could go for a pint. Oh, boy. <laughs> I could do a cold one, actually, because it's... Uh... Yeah, where I record this, it's quite warm at the moment. Weirdly, where, where are you located exactly? Um, I'm about twenty odd miles south of London. Okay. So yeah, um, a good sort of four thousand miles away from you guys, I think. You're over in, is it? Yeah, New Jersey, well, New York, right? Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. No, I spent some time on the East Coast myself. I lived in Florida for five years. I'm sorry oh, to hear sorry. that. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's certainly an experience I won't forget. So, <laughs> I say, if you live in Florida, you realize that most of the dialect down there is exactly the same as Mark's and mine, because most of those most of those pricks are hiding from the police. <laughs> <laughs> is that how they're going down there for the winter? The old snowbirds. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but yeah, and I was down. I was in Tampa, so it wasn't like a, like a bad part, I guess. That's uh, your city. Yeah, it's, it was nice. It was nice. It was good. Um, yeah, back in England now. So back to uh, well, it's unusually warm weather at the moment. To be honest with you, so yeah, cool. So um, yeah, uh, we we just sort of just go into this. If that's all right. I mean, pretty standard like interview stuff, really. And then uh, yeah, go from there. Sure. Cool, excellent. So uh, a nice welcome to the show today. I've got Bobby and Mark from the band BPMD. Welcome, guys. Hello, hello. Bobby Blitz from Overkill here. Awesome. No one gives a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you can't go to the radio show, man. <laughs> We're in total rock in the UK. This is Bobby Blitz from Overkill. Awesome. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> sorry i'm done i'm done i'll, I'll be serious now <laughs> no it's all good it's all good that's about as professional as i go is that little intro so this is all good um <laughs> uh so yeah we're here to talk about your guys you got you got an album coming out in a couple of weeks um sorry, about a month actually it was recording this um you've made a um a covers album um which is great it's called american made um, and it's got some absolutely fantastic covers on there. I've I've had the privilege of streaming that and listening to it, um, and I really enjoyed it. Um, awesome, appreciate um, that. One thing I really like about it is is the fact that it's not like the go to songs, if you will. These are obviously songs that you guys love, um, like, and you wanted to cover rather than sort of going for the sort of like big hitters of each of these bands that you did cover. Um, you've kind of taken like real good sort of like kind of deep cuts from a lot of their back catalogue. Um, that's a that's a great observation. Yes, 
Yeah, and I, I just, I, I, and that's what I really liked about it. It wasn't like the go-to songs for a lot of these people, and 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 yeah, it's it, it's great. But what I want to, what I want to know is like, how did you guys get together? Because obviously, it's a recently sort of like amalgamated project. But what what sort of brought you guys together? Well, uh, last summer, um, or it was shortly after our uh, July Fourth Independence Day holiday. Um, I was just hanging out. You know, summer night, beautiful night here. I live on Long Island, which is, uh, I'm about 40 minutes outside of New York City. Nice. And uh, so, a little, very quiet where I am. And I was just hanging out, drinking a beer, fire pits going in my backyard, and uh, Skinner's on the radio. And the song Saturday Night Special mm. came on. And just listened to it, hanging out. And then about, I would say, 30 seconds into the song, my younger son goes to me, Hey, Dad, you guys should play this. And um, I looked at him. I go, who? And, you know, Metal Allegiance. And he was like, nah, nah, sorry, dude, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> and uh, that's, the way, but, that's the way he talks to his son. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, but as the song's going on, a minute in, minute and a half in, I started hearing. At first, I asked myself this question: What would I? How would I play the song? What would I do to it? And um, as I'm hearing it, I'm hearing guitar parts. I'm hearing this James Hetfield style, you know, Injustice for All guitar riffing. Uh, I'm hearing these drum patterns. I started hearing all these things in my head. And I was like, and I and I heard um, what you hear now in my head, but a year ago. Okay. And uh, I was like, wow, this is uh, this this could be cool. And then. Coincidentally enough, I was texting with Bobby, uh, busting his chops like we do. Uh, and I, that's a daily occurrence. But you know, I texted him. I said, "Hey, man, I'm, I'm going to call you. I, I got to talk to you about something." And it went from you know zero to a hundred in, in literally five seconds. So I was like, "Hey, man, what would you think about covering a song like this and other songs like this? I have this idea and you know, this arrangement. And before I finished, he spat out the band's mountain and cactus and uh BPMD was, was born literally within that five minute time span. Nice. That's, that's awesome. I mean, I like, I love the cactus cover. Is it evil? Wasn't it? You covered on that one. Uh, it's a cover. Yeah, that was, yeah. That was one of my cuts, uh, that I picked You know, it was a, it was a unique, uh, formula that came up over the phone that night. Um, and uh, further, Mark called me. I said, "What? What are you doing? Calling me?" I said, "You know, I, don't embarrass me in front of my friends and family." <laughs> but the uh, but the idea was that we would all pick two that we would uh, formulate a band, and you know, Mike's name came up. Phil Demel soon thereafter. Uh, so these were all first picks uh, for for the uh, for the project. But the uh, the ground rules were each of us would pick two. And then we would have, you know, we would democratically vote on the other two. Mm. But the rule was you couldn't sit there and argue the other guy's pick. If you didn't know the song, if if it wasn't your cup of tea, uh, you still had to dig in and make it happen. So I thought that that kind of made it cool to have, okay, it's the 70s, it's made in America, and you got to do the two that the other guy picks or the other three guys pick. Mm. So I picked Evil because it was a deep cut, like you had mentioned earlier. I said, you know, I mean, for the... For the cactus heads, for the the hard rock underground heads, they know the song for sure. But uh, let's say the majority of the rest of the rock and world at this particular time in history really doesn't know it, and maybe even hearing it for the same time. 
Yeah. And this was the only song that we actually broke the rule on because and we didn't we didn't think about it till later. But this was written in the 50s and it was uh, reimagined by Cactus in the 70s and reimagined by BPMD in 2019. Cool, cool. No, I mean, it's a great it's a great track. I really enjoyed that one. Um, and also the um, the one you've got the scene, the video out for as well. Toys in the Attic, the Aerosmith. Um, it's probably one of the like that was one the track on your album that I knew the most um was that the sort of like sort of theory of going going first with the sort of video with that one was something that people may know no you, you know in my opinion on that track and i think bobby would agree us in the band that wasn't even on our top three list for a single oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> you know um you know we, we there was another song that the four of us were like, oh, this is going to be killer. This would be a great single. This would be the first song, et cetera, et cetera. And then when uh, Napalm came back to us, they wanted, they really pushed for toys. And, they, okay. you know, they we made them give us their pitch onto why. <laughs> and uh, it made sense. So we, we just went with it. Okay, cool. Because like, like you, you covered, like, uh, other bands on there, like Ted Nugent, um, Grand Funk Railroad. Uh, you've done two ZZ Top covers as well. Uh, no, just one. Was it just one? Why have I got times mm-hmm. two after that? Sorry, my notes are crap. So <laughs> you've also got Van Halen on there as well, and um, uh, Blue Oyster Cult. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what? 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 Obviously, uh, you said your picks were Cactus and um, what was it? Uh, Mountain. Mountain. That was it. And what? What were yeah. your? What were your two? Um, Mark. Well, say night special. That yep. was the catalyst for this. So yep. that you know designated uh spot on the record and my other one was beer drinkers and hell Rangers. okay cool that was the zz top one wasn't it yeah, yeah correct yeah, yeah cool so my notes are right on that one that's good that's <laughs> <laughs> like i said that was most professional earlier was that but then uh yeah no my notes get mixed up as i go along so it's all good um, um so what 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 your sort of guys like plans for this obviously the, the world shut down right now uh for the most part but um Obviously, if that wasn't happening, would you guys be out on tour with this, or was it just sort of a, a studio project just for the summer kind of thing? Well, specialty shows for sure. I mean, this is you know this is tailor made for for the European festivals. Mm. You know, maybe coming on somewhere in the late afternoon and and doing a forty five minute an hour set of you know fun in the sun, pound the suds you know, bang the head a little bit. Uh, the idea behind the record was that it was supposed to inject the smile on your face, not be overthought. It was supposed to just um, just trigger that reactionary rock and roll or uh, head-banging, fist-pumping kind of a feel. Mm. Uh, so we were, uh, when we signed with Napalm, we also uh, gave them the rights uh, to search for shows. Uh, we had already booked one in the States, but that actually went by the wayside based on the, you know, the, the situation we're in right now yep. uh, in the world but uh we we had told the guys over at napalm we said hey man plug us into some festivals you know that you know that kind of a thing get us over to europe plug us into some festivals and let's you know let's see where it rolls so we were we were very open-minded into uh into taking it on the road or at least doing specialty shows okay cool cool no so i mean it's, de- it's definitely a festival thing like the the like you said that like you wanted the album to have that kind of like fun feeling and and you know that kind of mid-afternoon thing but like when i've been listening to this album i've had it like streaming on pretty much continuously for the past couple of days because like the weather's been good and i've been working out in my uh in my studio 
and it's it's a really fun album. Um, uh, there it is. That's what we've been saying, man. This is a a good open up the windows, crank some tunes, drink a beer, work out, exercise, mow the lawn in the backyard. You know, light one up record. No, that is exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly the feeling I get from it. Um, yeah. Was was it fun to make? Obviously, you got to sort of pick your own songs to a certain degree, but um, like, was it the overall? Because it sounds like it was a fun. Like, you can generally tell from the way. Well, I, being a former musician myself, you can kind of get a feeling for the way people are playing that they are having fun playing these tunes. Was it a fun experience for you guys? I have an answer for that. Um, I'm the oldest and wisest in the band, uh, so this is this is actually the era. This is actually the era I grew up in. Uh, so for me, you know, this was a no-brainer when we were having that conversation last July, and I because it was about transporting myself to my youth. I mean, knowing songs that I sung in the shower or uh, you know on my on my bicycle while I was going to a buddy's house singing these songs. So. Uh, why did we originally do this? Because it, it feels good, it feels cool, and it's fun. So it was for me to just transport myself back to puberty and be able to, you know, rock out the same songs uh, this many years later. It, it was it was a pleasure. It reminded me of why I did what I did for the last forty years, and that's that it was it was just fucking cool. Mm. That's why. So uh, so it was a hell of a lot of fun to make for me. Awesome. Yeah, no, we, we had a blast. You know, the four of us got together at Mike Portnoy's um, home studio in Pennsylvania. And we were there for one day. And, um, you yeah, know, we hit it off. And ironically enough, we hit the record button that day where Portnoy recorded all 10 songs, drum tracks in one day. And he wow. did it live. He did, he did it to Phil and I jam. Um, so it has that live feel of the record because of that. Yeah. Uh, and then we, we took that approach um, our separate ways. And at least for me recording my bass, I went into that mentality of, you know, these dudes back in the seventies, man, they had their shit together as musicians. There was no undo, you know, command yeah. Z on a, on a keyboard, yeah. copy and paste. Punch, it, that, that didn't happen. You go in and you, you get your shit together and you play the song. And, and that was my, my, uh, mindset going into this record and if i wasn't doing it in one take or it was a poor take or i just wasn't feeling it it's delete do it over again yeah. see you know let's see what else you got so that, and that's what i did uh going into it um the, there was a few songs that if there was like one bad note i would i would punch it but it rarely happened and it was more so i want to do this in one take like like those guys yeah. you know like tim bogart tim bogart from from uh cactus you know, he was, he went in there, one take, boom, done. <laughs> Next. Um, so I tried to have that approach and I limited myself in recording to one, maybe two songs a day. Okay. Um, you know, I could have easily done more, but I really wanted to find my best overall performance for that particular track. I didn't want to neglect one track for the other. I wanted to give each track its its own, you know, equal dedication yeah no it de like i say it definitely feels that way like listening to it it sounds like um it sounds like it, it like live instrumentation um whereas like these days you can get some albums that sound quite i wouldn't say sterile but they don't have the sort of like natural um well what i'm used because i'm used to i grew up listening to various sort of 80s bands 70s bands stuff like that so you know you kind of you can you can hear that kind of live sound they are doing it in say one take um there isn't too much like processing over it and 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 this is what i, I kind of like it gave me that hint of nostalgia with it as well which is amazing well 
a lot of those bands, a lot of bands, and I know Metal Allegiance is one of them. You know, you go to a grid, you go to a click, you go to the grid, you quantize, and you, you know, especially in thrash metal and whatnot, you you know, it's there's a certain expectation, and yeah. so you quantize those drums and you grid them up, and yeah, you know, this was not that. We made sure. <laughs> you know, <laughs> not you know, we had not we overkill, had, not overkill. We're all one take wonders. <laughs> <laughs> There's a joke in there somewhere. Did you hear? I finally shut. I finally shut him the fuck up. Uh, I, <laughs> I had, it would have been a long, long beep. <laughs> awesome. Well, it, it gives it. You know, a, recording it that way, the way Mark was saying, gives gives the record authenticity. You know, which is really the. You know, with the key to this, it was reimagining it, but keeping it authentic and keeping the integrity within. You know, in the cuts, because like you said, Barnaby, they're, they're deeper cuts. Um, and maybe somewhere out there, some people are hearing these for the first time. Yeah. And, you know, that type of authenticity has to be carried across because that's what attracted was was one of the factors that attracted me to it uh, instantly. You know, rock and roll uh, in a, you know, in, in its purest sense um is not uh, the cut and paste. Rock and roll is that uh, spontaneous explosion yeah. of uh, of the one take kind of vibe. Yeah, it's that moment, isn't it? It's it's that's what yes, it's built it's on. The moment. You know, and and like you, that's what you get with rock and roll in general is 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 moments rather than sort of like um, what's the, like in general sort of like pop music these days. Don't want to go into like an old man rant about it, but you don't get those kind of like moments that you go like you can pick up on. Like there are some records where you know you can kind of you can hear mistakes things like that but they become they're part of the song it's not you know it's not alien to it well let's just set the record straight bobby blitz is the king of old man rants okay (laughs) there's no one no one better (laughs) get out of my fucking yard you You kids get the fuck out of my yard we're on radio watch the language watch it oh sorry Oh, don't, don't worry about the language. Don't, honestly, don't worry. It's it's internet. No, don't tell him that, man. Oh, okay, don't tell him. This <laughs> <laughs> the angry old man sending soup back in a deli. <laughs> oh man, I got to do this all day with him, man. Oh well, yeah, good luck. <laughs> um, well, I've I've only got a couple of questions left for you guys because I know you guys got loads of stuff to do on it and and that sort of things. But um, my sort of like last questions are my sort of like uh, the generic ones, if you will. Um, they're sort of like I ask every musician I speak to these ones. But what I want to find out from each of you because they are about you sort of on a solo basis. That um, what are your sort of top three albums that really kind of influenced the musician that you are today? So the one that made you want to pick up the guitar, the one that made you want to sing, things like that. I could start. Um, I have to. I have to couple one of them with my first concert. My my first real concert was 1975. It was, um, and I had the record prior. It was the second time uh, that Queen had come over to uh, the U.S. Cool. And it was the Sheer Heart Attack record. Okay. And uh, I saw them in a theater in New Jersey called the Capitol, which is about 3,200 seats. So it's uh, an intimate setting for a band that gained such notoriety and mm. we're really at that time even though the record was diverse was a real hard rocking 
uh, you know, uh, uh, foursome yeah. uh, when, when they got on the stage. I mean, I, I loved the record. I saw the gig. I knew what I wanted to do right then. Probably the second record, and it's also from that era because this is kind of what I'm cut from, was uh, a record called Rock and Roll Animal by uh, Lou Reed. Nice. And uh, I think it's primarily because, uh, you know, he stepped out of uh, that whole Velvet Underground kind of, uh, you know, weird punkness into this, uh, you know, almost uh, in, in many cases, this metallic expression with these guitar players, Hunter and Wagner, mm. uh, that just did unbelievable guitar work. It's almost a precursor to what you hear you know, later on with the harmonies of Maiden or, or even sooner than that, you know, a Thin Lizzy approach yeah. uh, to things. And I, I loved uh, that record. And I, you know, I always waffle on the third one because, you know, I go in different places and today I'm kind of feeling, you know, uh, uh, a master of reality was something that, um, you know, made everything meaner to me. Yeah. Uh, the tone the guitars, uh, the approach to the lyrics, the approach to the vocals, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, a life-changing experience with that record. And, you know, I got that when I was like a newspaper boy, uh, just outside of, I lived in New York State growing up, and my father was one of those guys, hey, you know, if you come up with half the money for the bike, I'll get you the other half, you could be a newsboy. I was like, great. And the first thing I did was buy music uh, with any of the money I made. So uh, that record, uh, Master of Reality, was one of my first ones. Excellent. Excellent choices there. I mean, I love I love the Queen album. That's one of my favourites of theirs, actually. And Master of Reality. I mean, you know, you grew up in the air in the sort of country of of, of Sabbath and whatnot. And uh, yeah, no, it's great. And Lou Reed, that one I haven't heard in a long time. So it's a great record. I'm gonna have, yeah. I'm gonna go back and listen to that because um, that's <laughs> that's why I asked this question is so I can discover albums that I haven't heard yet. Um, and uh, yeah, no, that one I've I've put a little asterisk next to it to go check that out after this. So cool um thank you bobby for that what about what about um you mark pretty easy for me iron maiden killers metallica master of puppets black sabbath master of reality wow steve harris cliff burton geezer butler oh, bang 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 <laughs> all fantastic bass players um yeah. yeah um i'm a bassist myself as well so yeah that, that yeah it's that like especially in this sort of cliff burton style i sort of like when I started uh, um, playing bass back in oh, many years ago, um, I bought myself like a, a Muff distortion pedal, like one from the States. Like, so it was all like, like valvey and everything. So I could actually get his tone. Um, yeah, yeah. And oh, Steve, yeah, Steve yeah. Harris, master of the old uh, three finger galloping bass playing, if you were. <laughs> um, but no, those are fantastic albums. I love all those ones. It's all good. Um, and finally, guys. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I. I tr- no, go on. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say, fine. I was, I was just gonna sort of find out, ask you what your sort of hobbies are away from music. So when you're not writing, performing in your various bands and stuff like that, what do you guys kind of do to kind of unwind or um, like get away from it if you need to? You got, you got to take him, uh, tell him to take his hand out of his pants before he answers his question. <laughs> <laughs> I, one of my newfound favorite <laughs> hobbies over the last few years is busting the chops of uh, Blitz over there. Okay. I enjoy waking up and going, how can I mess with him today? No, uh, <laughs> lately, to me, I love fishing. I, I'm big into fishing, cool. um, outdoors stuff. You know, as Bobby knows, I like to go on my little kayaking adventures. Um, 
you know, just hanging out, you know, football. I'm a huge, huge, huge American football um, fan and advocate. And uh, I partake in a lot of that here in the States. So um, who's your team? I mean, yeah, it's basically uh, New York football giants. Giants. Okay, cool. No, I, I I lived like I said I lived in Tampa and I lived right next to I'm not saying right next to it was it was about a mile and a half away from Raymond James, so I got to oh yeah yeah I got to partake in a couple of games there, uh, which was kind of cool. cool. It was a great experience. Team's not amazing, but <laughs> but you know they had, a, they had a good run. No, don't they have a don't they have a ring? They yeah. do. They, had, they do. When they had one stop, right? When they had yeah. one stop, I think they had a ring. Yeah, yeah. I'm um, sure John Gruden was the head coach. Warren Gruden, Sapp. Right. Yeah. yeah, so it was. Yeah, and I'm also a dad, so I'm uh, right now practicing the fine arts of uh, homeschool teaching. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, man, just, you know, right now it's very domesticated life. Yep, yep, cool, cool. Uh, what about you, Bobby? What, what are your sort of hobbies? I still like girls a lot. Okay. Um, I don't know if I call that a hobby, but I mean, I, I realize how much. Unfortunately, unfortunately much they don't like, like you, man. So, <laughs> I realize how much I like them in a pandemic when I'm sitting here by myself. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, no, I, honestly, I like good company and uh, uh, et cetera. I'm, a, I'm an engine guy. I like, uh, I'm a, I've always liked Harley Davidson's and American Muscle Cars. I got a, I got an old Harley, uh, one of the first Evos I have outside. Um, I have an old 67 Chevelle, uh, 74 Corvette. Uh, so I like doing that stuff. I mean, it keeps my head together. It actually helps me write. Uh, usually when I'm working on the bike, I am listening to kind of 70s rock and roll, whether it be uh, you know ZZ Top or whether it be the Rolling Stones. Mm. Uh, I like playing that kind of stuff in my stereo outside. A big hockey fan, and I also like to uh, I like to cook. And Mr. Mengi's actually given me some uh, has been giving me lessons during the uh, shutdown here in the East Coast. Nice, nice. Any particular dishes that you're? Yeah, I'm big into I'm, I'm, I'm big into cooking. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it, uh, I mean, any day it's different. You know, Italian, uh, Mexican. Right now it's girl season, so I'm barbecue, barbecue, and literally everything and anything. Right now, he was so. helping me with this marinara sauce like two weeks ago, and it smelled like two garlic boys wrestling in my in my kitchen. Great, <laughs> <laughs> cool, absolutely wonderful, guys. Thank you very much for your time. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna sort of say goodbye here because I know you guys have got stuff lined up and everything. So, um, yeah, thank you very much. I really appreciate that. And uh yeah, good luck with the album and everything. Um and uh yeah, hopefully once this uh shitstorm blows over, you guys can uh, make it over here for a festival or two. And uh That's great, great man. Yeah. Cool. Thank you very much guys. Have a good rest of your day. See you, man. Thanks, man. <laughs>